You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. C-L. And with that, we are back to the ACL pod featuring the one and the only Mr. Cap'n Wags. We are on Twitter. We are on the gram. The new and improved Twitter. Hey. At the real Mr. ACL. Improved at, is debatable. I mean. At Cap'n Wags. Instagram at the real Mr. ACL at Cap and Wags, the website ACL sports.com. Packages are up. We're in full swing. Couple of weeks left in college football. NFL is about halfway done. NFL week 11, NCAA football week 12. Two weeks left in the regular season for college football. We have a few games uh, three weeks from now. And then, of course, bowl season hits. How you doing, man? Ready to talk some uh, college football rankings. Absolutely. Things are, things are good. Things are good. Obviously, uh, some, some people know that I've been traveling. If you're uh, following me on Twitter, sent out a couple of hockey plays last night. They did well. Of, yes. A uh, couple of winners. Nice two and O for everybody out there who follows. So, uh, always a good thing. And yeah, let's get into, uh, some college football, uh, playoff rankings. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts? AC? No, no real change. Literally no change. Uh, yeah. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, LSU went up a spot. USC went up a spot. Alabama went up a spot. Clemson, nine. Utah, 10. Oregon, of course, the big drop from last week, down six spots to number 12. I mean, I'm fine with where they're at now. I had no problem with TCU being fourth last week. I think we'll talk a little bit about TCU futures. And um, obviously, those took a a big change from where we were a week ago when they were plus seven at Texas, one of winning that game outright. Uh, you know, we talked about basically they had to hit like a, you know, four or five game parlay yeah, to look. get those numbers. So right now, 25 to one TCU out there. What do you think? Yeah, no, I've been talking about TCU, um, you know, for the last few weeks, just saying like, that's a great, great ticket to have a great ticket to get. Yes. They had, you know, a, a few teams that they had to beat. Um, I, I, I said it last week that, you know, I'm probably going to be on Texas or at least some form. I had Texas money line, but regardless if TCU wins, I'll, I'll be happy for them. Yeah. Um, and here we are and TCU won. And um, yeah, a, a, a little, a little bittering that, you know, Texas d- didn't win, but good for TCU. I think it's great. I think that they've won a lot of games where a lot of people were like, all right, it's TCU's turn. Oh, it's TCU's turn to lose. It's TCU's turn to lose. And and they just keep winning, beating really quality opponents. Um, so you, you have to really, really respect what they're doing there at TCU. Um, you know, when I say quality opponents, they, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Kansas when Kansas was good. Uh, they beat Oklahoma State. They beat Kansas State. They beat West Virginia on the road. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Texas. I mean, these last seven wins in a row, when they started off four, uh, three and zero, and everybody's like, "Oh, TCU, are they legit?" You know, they beat Colorado, who's the worst. And by the way, um, five unit max uh, will will hit. You know, right now it's a, at worst a push. Yep, uh, will hit when Colorado loses this week. Um, they beat Tarleton State. And then they had a buy and beat SMU. So they were 3-0, and and everybody's like, eh, 
who's TCU? You know, I don't <laughs> like, well, they beat Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and they just keep winning and they just keep winning. And guess what? They have another another tough test at Baylor this week. Only two and a half point favorites right now. Um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about that, but um, yeah, they might lose this week to Baylor. They really, so, really may. And you know, it's fishy. Says it all. It's, yeah. it's fishy. And guess what? Yeah. It was fishy last week, like you said, Texas being seven point favorites, but they took care of business. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it starts. You know, they're they're kind of like the Giants in the NFL. Like they just keep winning, and and you know, it's like you keep doubting them. And they keep winning, and maybe they're playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because of that. And I'm sure this week they're going to say, oh, we're only two-and-a-half-point favorites. Like, let's let's try to get that done. Um, but, yeah, no, as far as the rankings itself, I know I kind of went a little bit off course there. Georgia, no argument with me there. Um, look, they should be number one all year. They're the defending champions. Um, I think what's most incredible with the Georgia program is that they lost their defensive coordinator. They mm-hmm. lost like eight guys in the first round or two rounds uh, to the NFL, and their defense hasn't missed a beat. I mean, it's really incredible what their defense is doing. Um, Ohio State two, Michigan three. Obviously, one of them is going to lose. TCU two. We just talked about them four. Like it. Uh, what I see here, Tennessee five, and we'll talk a little bit about futures in a second. But um, it seems like Tennessee is going to get in without being in the SEC, and we've seen that before. We have seen that before, and to your point on who's going to get in or not, if you're going to make a national championship bet at this point, the tab you want to click on first before you make your bet is to make the playoff. Yes. Because it tells you everything you need to know. So if you go on DraftKings, you you know click on Futures, win national title, right next to it, there's a tab that says to make the playoff, meaning the final four. Georgia minus 5,000, Ohio State minus 650. Pretty obvious if they win, they're in. Okay. Where you want to scroll down to is two teams specifically. TCU, yes, is plus 230. The reason for that number is basically this. TCU, if they win out, they're going to get in, plus 230. So they have to beat Baylor this weekend. They have to beat uh, Iowa State next week in the finale, and then they'd have to win the Big 12 title game. So that plus 230 is a three-game parlay, which I can promise you if you just roll over the three, it's going to be better than plus 230. So don't touch that number. If you like TCU to get in the, the number to me wags, it's more enlightening. If you will, Tennessee to make the playoff is minus three fifty on the S minus three fifty to get in. Yeah, so it's, it's wild. If it's you're looking wild. at taking a Clemson, a taking a USC, taking a North Carolina, one of these other teams, they're basically telling you that if Tennessee wins out and re- and remember, they don't have to win out in that the, in the SEC title game. It's actually, in my opinion, going to be going to benefit them that they're not going to have to play in the SEC title game um, because they just have to win out their final two games. They play South Carolina this weekend, minus 22. Pencil that in as a win. Final game of the year, November 26th at Vanderbilt, going to be even bigger favorites. So there you go. So take a look at those Tennessee futures because they're, they're telling you that they're going to get in. Absolutely. And, and something on that note, uh, you look at Michigan, they're plus 130 to get in. I yeah. would not take that number. I would just wait just take... and go money line against Ohio State. And exactly. Right. It's going to be about 250 or something, you know, 200, 250. You'll get much yep. better odds there. Um, but yeah, no, it's crazy to me that Tennessee, I mean, Vegas is telling you Tennessee is going to get in, right? Yeah. Minus 350, assuming yeah. that they went out. Um, they don't have to play in the SEC title game, and and they're pretty much going to be locked in. I think the one 
potential scenario is if Michigan beats Ohio State like 17, 16. Close. You know, something like that. And Ohio State stays in in the top four. Um, But even so, like TCU likely going to, you know, potentially fall at some point, uh, Mm -hmm. potentially. And if they do and, you know, they'll fall out by, you know, they'll they'll be down in like the 10, 12 range. The Big 12's Um, out at that point. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, Tennessee will definitely get in. And what's amazing uh, to me, though, in these rankings is how LSU is ahead of USC. I just, Mm. I get it. USC hasn't played anybody, but you know, LSU having two losses is, it's just kind of eye opening how much they value the SEC and and whatnot. But um, yeah, the LSU thing to me, people are making a big deal. Look, the look ahead line is out. Not the look ahead, the line I should say is out for the SEC title game. Yeah, Georgia's minus sixteen. Yeah, you can have all the debate you want about LSU. You blah blah blah. They're sixteen point dogs. They have to win that game. Okay, if they beat Georgia as sixteen point dogs, then we can have a discussion. Yeah, no, but I think my concerns more like if if USC was seven, I mean yep. six, and LSU was seven. You know, the the conversation would be who's going to get in, right? Tennessee or USC, and if USC wins out, and they're the Pac twelve rep and winner. And Tennessee is sitting there with one loss. Mm-hmm. I think the committee has to, is going to take Tennessee, even though um, you know USC Pac twelve champ, and there's going to be a lot of controversy there. Um, Unless they just want to get a pack like a West Coast team in, because I know that's been right. a big thing. And, for the and, last and they couple should, years. because I'll tell you what. I mean, in my opinion, just because the Pac twelve has been so good this year, so much better, so much. Um, you know, more interesting there. And USC has, you know, Caleb Williams and they have the coach and they have like the pizzazz and they're kind of back. Right. I mean, again, they have to get through a tough time. Right. Yeah. They got UCLA this week and we'll talk about that. One point favorites. um, Yeah. yeah, Pretty interesting um, on the futures. The other team's wags that I'll just flag here as far as to make the playoff odds, the ACC. (laughs) Yes on Clemson plus four fifty. Yes on North Carolina plus eight hundred. Yeah, right uh, there. ACC is not getting in no. unless a lot of weird stuff happens, and I don't think North Carolina is going to get in no matter what. Hey, unless Clemson, Clemson blows Clemson, them out. I mean, maybe. Clemson, Clemson ain't getting in. They got to, they, They're not going to beat Miami this week. We'll get to that later. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, if Miami takes care of business, and by take care of business, I mean win is 19-point underdogs. Yeah, there you uh, go. We don't have to worry about Clemson getting in. I will be checking in on that game. So I, I, I think you might. I think you might. So, yeah, bottom line for me, I know Wags is talking about TCU. For me, Tennessee, if they're telling you they're minus 350 to get in, and to do that, they have to beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt, and you can get them – at as high as I've seen 17 to one to win the national championship right now. You can hedge that puppy first round, you oh, know, yeah. assuming that they're probably the four seed three, maybe the four I'd prefer it if they were the three playing the two, if they're the four, they're going to have to play Georgia. They'll be dogs, but you can still make money off that ticket at 17 to one. Yeah. So revenge dogs, man. There I'm, we go. I'm just saying like, uh, obviously they're capable they lost the two touchdowns and yep. yeah, it's totally capable. Like we've seen Georgia, you know, uh, play, mediocre you know we we've seen them struggle against again yes against um kent and missouri so maybe mm-hmm. kent kent state was a little bit of a you know flat game for them but um you know if they have one of those and tennessee plays up then you never know if you want to hedge it out a little bit take georgia minus 110 to yeah. to, to win the national title which yep. you can get right now exactly. so that's an option as well 
Um, real quick before we move to the NFL, Heisman numbers, uh, CJ Stroud plus 120 favorite. Basically, for me, it comes down to if he plays well, and by well, I mean beats Michigan, you know, doesn't have a dud game, 130 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks kind of a thing. If he does even okay, national game gets him into the playoff, undefeated season, you know, three touchdown, one pick, 250-yard, 300-yard type game. I think it's his lose at this point. There's some other guys that are making late charges. I get it. Um, Drake May, Caleb Williams, et cetera. There's some Stetson Bennett people out there. But for me, at this point, um, CJ Stroud, I think it's it's it, it's it's his to lose based on what yeah, he's been doing the last couple of weeks. Definitely his to lose. I will make a, a slight kind of hedge on that, or at least a counter argument is that if you think Michigan can beat Ohio State and they mm-hmm. do it on the ground, then we've seen Ohio State give up some running. Um, Blake Corum yep. is at six to one right now, and you know if he if he has a good game there and he and Michigan wins. <laughs> those Heisman odds will, will get cut in at least in half. Yeah. I don't think Michigan's going to win that. So no, that's part I, of my, again, that's part I, of my, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying if you're out yep. there and you think that you get, get a six to one ticket right there. So totally agree. All right. Moving over to the NFL. I want to talk about some of these, these updated future odds, especially on the NFC side. I mean, we'll talk about the AFC as well. Things changed drastically based around what happened Monday night. Right, so you had the undefeated Eagles minus eleven at home against the Commanders. Commanders go in there and beat them. That was a game I was on. Commanders plus eleven. We'll take it. Um, These NFC odds wags. First of all, taking a step back, the teams that are third and fourths. You have the Cowboys, the Vikings, third and fourth. The Eagles are still the plus two fifty favorites. The Niners plus three fifty. They're the second favorite. Dallas is at Minnesota this weekend. Dallas minus one at Minnesota. Those are two interesting teams there. Eagles plus 250. To me, the Niners, on paper, I've tweeted this out. I've been very consistent about this. On paper, if healthy, they are the best team in the NFC, and they they are the team to beat. They got McCaffrey defensively. Not as good as they were, but still very, very solid. On offense, I mean, playmakers all across the board. Jimmy G is probably the quote the weakest part of the team. But as I've tweeted and talked about for years, the man wins games. So I think these odds are telling you, Pat, from I, I know they're telling you from a power ranking standpoint, what Sharps, what Vegas thinks about this Niners team going forward in the NFC. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and and yes, we we've been consistent about that. You you in particular. I mean, you could say what you want about San Fran's defense; they're still fourth in the NFL overall, giving only yeah. giving up only eighteen points a game. So, um, you know, they, they go in um, on what is it Monday night uh, at Arizona? Um, Arizona, that, that's the uh, Mexico City game. Yeah, okay. Arizona yep. gives up. Uh, 26 points a game, 30th in, in the league. So they're going to have a lot to handle now with McCaffrey there. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we spoke just before the pod. I think, you know, their biggest weakness is Jimmy G and, and Jimmy G just keeps winning. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's that on that. I mean, I, I feel like Eagles at plus 250 makes sense to me. You know, we'll point out Dallas plus 450. Minnesota plus 500. Okay. Interesting line at uh, yeah. Minnesota this weekend, as I right, was saying. Right. So Cowboys a slight favorite and, and Vegas is telling you why they value Cowboys ahead of the Vikings. So, and, and that's why that's what the line looks like. Um, but on the flip side, interesting to me, Niners 
what are they? Six and four, five and four, five um, and four. The best five and four team in the history of the league. Yeah, probably. But they're probably. five and four plus three fifty, and the Giants are seven and two plus hmm. twenty five hundred. So why are the Giants the second favorite in the NFC? Yeah, it just. Uh, I mean, it's fitting. But by the way, the the Lions are plus twenty five thousand. Two hundred fifty to one. Yep, two hundred and fifty to one. And they're on the road this week at the Giants. We'll talk a little bit about that one and why maybe a 250 to 1 versus a 25 to 1 is neutral on an equal on, on a neutral field. Yes, even. we, we will one. indeed. Before we touch on that, AFC odds, Buffalo Bills have lost two games in a row by, what, three points each, I think. Um, Bills versus Chiefs, Wags. NFC, AFC, you know, people yeah. say, no, those are the, the top two teams. And just sort of lurking, Baltimore Ravens, plus 550, a team that I was very high on on all my Both future plays yep. preseason. Yep. And then the Miami Dolphins, 9-1. to one. The Tua, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this at this point, the Tua MVP chance. Give it to me. You want it. You want it, don't you? You want oh, yeah. those Tua 5-1 to one tickets now at MVP, for it to win wow. NFL MVP. I mean, he is playing phenomenally. He's got the weapons. He's got an offensive line that all of a sudden blocks. I mean, I nice. was all over the Browns this week, and um, you know, first off, I just thought they were uh, they're you know on paper a better team. Um, they have a good matchup. Uh, their defense very good um, versus a very weak offensive line. Well, the offensive line decided to play very very uh, very good last week. They were uh, you know running a ground and pound game up the middle, and and the Browns could not do anything. And I was like. Where do they? Where do the Dolphins get this line from? And and obviously they're improving. And if you can improve the offensive line up front with what they have, I mean, the Dolphins are a very very dangerous team. I agree with that hundred percent. Nine to one on the Dolphins. As I mentioned, the Ravens. Here are their next seven games. Ready? Carolina this week. They're minus twelve. Jacksonville, Denver, Broncos country. Russ. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta. Pittsburgh, one of the wow. easiest schedules down the stretch I've ever seen. Yeah, and that was a factor in the Ravens' futures that we took to make the playoffs over win total, all that stuff. So, and we just, talked about just that. keep yeah, just keep that in mind when you're taking a look at AFC futures. That it wouldn't shock me one bit if, when it's all said and done, the team that actually has the one seed in the AFC and has the bye is the Baltimore Ravens. Right now, they're a game behind the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Sorry, they're a game behind the Chiefs at seven and two, but the Chiefs have a much more difficult schedule, including an on the road game in division this week at the Chargers. So yeah. always take a look at schedule. Baltimore minus five fifty to win their uh, division. Short. So, yeah, it, I mean it is short. If if you guys um, you know don't be scared to of juice. I mean it's it's pretty good. And uh, right now their their win total is eleven and a half. Um, mm-hmm. so, and then, and, you know, that's basically, they need to win six games of the, uh, down the stretch. Yep. No, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, all right. That is the NFL. We are going to take a short break and then we are going to come back with fishy lines. And we are back. The ACL pod featuring cap and wags, Twitter, Instagram, give us a follow at the real Mr. ACL at cap and wags. Any questions you can hit us up through the website or DM 
Twitter or Instagram is usually the fastest way to get in touch with us. Wags, fishy line time for all the new listeners. What is this? It is a line either in college or the NFL that Wags and I, you know, when you're going through the board, right, it just doesn't make sense. You circle it as someone out, someone hurt, what's going on? What am I missing? What is Vegas trying to tell me? It's just a game that not necessarily we're on, but it's a game that we do, you know, maybe a, a deeper dive just because on the surface, the line doesn't look right. Wags, your fishy line for this week is? Yeah, so hinted at this one earlier, and I just still can't kind of get it through my head. Um, I have the New York Giants minus three at home against the Detroit Lions. Um, look, everyone keeps doubting the Giants and everyone keeps losing and, and they keep winning. And um, I think everyone's now, you know, the public is now thinking, look, the Giants are legit. They keep winning. They're seven and two. Um, the Lions are just three and six. We, we looked at the odds earlier. You had Giants at, at 25 to one um, to win the NFC and the Lions are 250 to one. Okay. So just put that into perspective and you, the game's in New York. You get three points for home field. They're basically saying that the Giants and the Lions are equal. No. Yeah. This game is extremely fishy. Um, it's not like the Giants are, are really suffering with injuries or anything like that. Um, it just is a fishy line. Like, I just don't get why the seven and two Giants are only three point favorites at home against the three and six Lions. And. You know, just taking a look at, at some of the betting trends right now, you got 74% of the bets on the Giants, 67% of the money on the Giants. It's a seven-point swing um, with some money on the Lions. Like, who's going to run to the book immediately to go put a, a good chunk of change on the Lions on the road? Um, it just doesn't make sense. So keep your eyes on Detroit here, plus the points. Uh, I will be looking at that. It's an interesting market, right? The um, Like you said, they're basically saying these teams are even – back-to-back road games for the lions and the other thing is last week the giants if you recall oh i recall playing at home against yeah the texans minus six that line got steamed took steamed. massive steam two particular groups came in on the texans down to four i even saw three and a half pop so yeah i, I was I, on i was on the texans plus 11 and a half in a tease yep thank thankfully yep um and sorry to cut you off acl no, just, you're good. The, the texans should have won that game I mean, Absolutely. they they fumbled on the ten yard line, and they um, mm. threw an interception. I mean, there was a terrible interception. I mean, Davis Mills literally just threw it to the guy on the giant. It was absolutely awful. It screwed our free play that I gave out on Twitter with the team total over seventeen. They ended up with sixteen. They would have at least had twenty two um, mm. or twenty three, and and you know potentially should have won. There are two teams that advanced metrics hate the most. It's the Giants and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So you see math groups in particular come in against those teams. That's why you're seeing the Vikings as home dogs this week. And that's why you're seeing this line. A Detroit team that, quite frankly, has been an auto fade on the road yeah. the last few years, even this year up until last week. So yeah. definitely and, and a fishy some, line there. And for some who don't know how um, you know the financial markets work, there are hedge funds out there that have are fundamentalists, and those are the a- actual humans and analysts who actually look at the numbers, crunch them the numbers, but also you know there's some emotion involved. And then there's the quant funds who are literally just taking data and making trades every second yep. based on data without any human interaction, without any emotion. Um, and there's a lot of uh, you know, sports investors out there that are purely using quant 
as they're, um, you know, using their math and data and, and to ACL's point, you know, fading the Vikings and fading the Giants right now. And that's what you're seeing the linesmen and the lines makers, the odds makers, you know, basically having to put numbers out there that might not be as kind of, you know, that might look fishy. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just yeah. put it that way. When I say I use the term math guys a lot, you just yep. gave a great explanation of basically who and who that what that is, who the, who those groups are. So yep. math guys, no emotion. So yeah. I mean we're we paid. ACL and I are fundamentalists. I mean the, you know, we use you know obviously data in our um in our picking and then how we how we give out plays and things like that. But then there are the you know the quants that are, are not looking at, you know, they're not putting it out there. They're not using human interaction. It's literally a machine that spits out this is who you take. Yeah. Yeah. Which I highly disagree with everyone knows over the I am a very much into that of course, but I'm also consider myself a situational handicapper, right? Yeah. So situational games, just to give you an example, like the Washington Commanders this week, right? That's a game that I'm definitely taking a look at based on the spot, just yeah. the spot alone. Right. Fade them, I assume. Exactly. Right? Coming off exactly. a big emotional win on, on a Monday night. Divisional game, yeah. road divisional game, short week, road game this week. Like those are things you look at and then you sort of figure out the math. You know, yeah. what is it built in? What's it factored into? Exactly. Et so yeah. I, I just don't think that you can just have a number spit out that doesn't factor that in. I mean, there yeah. has to, there, and on, on the just, flip side, not, not and, realistic. and they're, they're playing in a, in a very good, you know, a team that you probably want to take, right? Like a team that lost to the giants, didn't cover, probably should have Texans now coming back at home. They're one, seven and one and have played, you know, fairly close games. They're not, as bad they're not good don't get me wrong but they lost by seven and three and ten and um yeah they got smoked by the vegas in one week um, then they lost by seven to the titans and just eight this past week to the giants who were seven and two so mm-hmm. you know some might look at them and say look tch, commanders just beat the eagles they're a really good team and the texans stink like only three points <laughs> so something that we look at something that we look at indeed yes. okay my fishy line. I'm I'm going back to college football. Louisville minus four at home against number 24 nationally ranked NC State Wags. The same Louisville team that just disappointed betters last week, losing by double digits versus Clemson in a game where they were basically steamed. There was a large amount of sharp money that came in on Louisville last I week. I was so close late. to taking them. I was yeah, so yeah. close. A lot of groups came in, plus seven or better on this uh, Louisville team. This NC State team had come into last week, back-to-back wins, including as a dog to Wake Forest. Very impressive win there. And then what happened? They lost outright as 18-point favorites to Boston College, a game that we were on. Uh, Boston College losing outright. Now they go on the road, unranked Louisville, getting well over that magical plus three, out to plus four as we tape right now. So when you look at this line, there's, you know, of course, it's the obvious, right? Number 24 next to a team and they're a dog of getting over a field goal. That, to me, is just sort of puts red flags out right away. And then when you dig into it a, a, a little bit more, you perhaps UI. So fishy line of the week for me, Louisville minus four versus NC State. I like okay. it. Okay. We're going to take a look at two games, one on the college side, one on the NFL side. First game, Wags. I don't think a lot of people would have said that mid-November, this is the one that we'd be talking about, but here we are. So much Pac-12. Love of Pac-12, right? Yeah. Uh, USC at UCLA, number seven, USC, nine and one, minus one and a half at number 16, UCLA, 
who's eight and two right now, as I mentioned, the line one and a half. The total, the total is an interesting um, number here. As of taping, 76 and a half. There, it really depends where you look. There were certain books that opened really early that actually opened this above that number. Some weighted, opened it well below this number. Market consensus now, 76 and a half. This game obviously going to go a long way, not only for the Pac-12, but for the college football playoff that we talked about earlier in the pod. It's interesting. The the Basically, the Pac-12 is going to be decided this weekend because Oregon plays Utah, right? Yep, exactly. So USC, Oregon, Utah all come in with one conference loss. UCLA comes in with two conference losses. So if UCLA wins and they have some help, they certainly could still uh, make the Pac-12 title game and win this conference. So that's why you, you still see them listed on the board technically as a team that could win the national title or make it in. So look, a, a lot of factors going into this one. Uh, there has been some sharp money on UC, on the UCLA side. It was around three. Now you're getting around one and a half. I'm not going to be shocked whatsoever if this line closes closer to pick them by Saturday, Wags. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And and look, I, I think both did. I don't know if 76 and a half points is enough. Let's let, let me okay. put, let me start okay. with that. I mean, these two teams are incredible. You have the number 3 scoring uh team versus the number 11 uh scoring team. Both pretty decent defenses though. Yes, they're ranked 51st and 71st overall, so you might be like, "That's nah, not that good." Mm-hmm. But when you score as often as these teams do and your defense is on the field with all, you know, you're you're bound to give up some points. Um, you know, I think UC USC is going to try to air it out. While UCLA will try to keep a balanced um, offense here, Caleb Williams is going to have to put uh, put it on his shoulders a little bit because they did suffer a pretty big injury. USC Travis Dye, their starting running back, who uh, Oregon transfer actually uh, goes down. Um, they're going to have to look for Austin Jones to step step up and be the next man. Um, yeah, and last week we actually saw him run, I think, eleven carries for seventy something yards, so uh, pretty solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, th- this game is going to really kind of a- end the Utah Oregon game. Really going to kind of shake out the Pac-12, and um, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm I'm pumped that it's the the night game, and I'm extra pumped that the Miami game uh, and Clemson game is at three thirty. So um, after that, for those who don't know, I will be traveling to that game to yep. Clemson to to watch it, check in on a potential investment there. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll get, um, everybody might be involved in that. If, if everybody, uh, a podcast group. Uh, can play. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to watch that get out, you know, finish the Miami game, head to the bar, wherever it is. And finish uh, your uh, water and, and yeah. milk that you're going to be drinking exactly. during the game. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Something like that. This game, we talked about Heisman trophy futures earlier. Caleb Williams is seven to one to win the Heisman. The total on this game is 76 and a half. You've said you think there might be some points in this one. This is sort of the showcase Pac-12 game of the year, if you will. If, and I don't necessarily think this will happen, if USC wins this game and he puts out, I don't know, five touchdown performance, that number is going to, I'll just say that that number is going to drop. So, if you're convinced that USC is going to win this game, maybe win it convincingly, that's a sort of a secondary market to potentially play there as well if you want to have that ticket. So just another factor to take a look at. Always be looking at the secondary markets 
as ways to attack things. USC currently 40 to one to win the national title. Obviously they have to start with this win here. Okay. Moving over Wags to the NFL side. Talked about it a little bit earlier, man. Cowboys versus Vikings. He's six and three Dallas Cowboys minus one at the eight and one Minnesota Vikings. No one's out for Minnesota quarterbacks playing and the Vikings are home dogs here as an eight and one team. I've had multiple people who, you know, bet, follow sports, whatever, maybe more on a casual level, say, is Kirk Cousins out? They've literally texted me and say, is Kirk Cousins out? <laughs> Why is Dallas favored in this game? And the short answer is, as we talked about from a power ratings perspective, the metrics, the numbers, guys hate the Vikings. They've had multiple close wins. And then the text back is, well, they just beat Buffalo last week. Well, okay, they beat them on paper. They beat Buffalo because Josh Allen literally fumbled the ball while trying to kneel down, right? He literally grabbed the ball. Yeah, they basically just fall forward from the goal line and he fumbled the ball. And that's why they won that game. One of the absolute best games of the entire year. So I would like to point out on that play, not enough credit going to Harrison Phillips, who hmm. uh, nose guard for the Vikings, literally torpedoed himself into the line. Um, Might've been offsides. Yeah. Uh, might have been um, very <laughs> close, but uh, he, yeah, he, he Harrison Phillips was an ex Bill. He was back yeah. in in Buffalo for the first time. He played four seasons there, so obviously, I, I assume that meant a lot to him. And uh, he played a heck of a game, and and that play was, um, you know, obviously a lot going on. Josh Allen, I think a lot of people were, were analyzing how he like takes his snap, and maybe he wasn't ready for it or, or whatnot, but. Um, if you see the center literally snapping the ball and having to reach for Harrison Phillips, who who literally just, you know, I think created that whole entire sequence of events. So um, yeah, no, uh, you know, going back to the Cowboys Vikings game should be fantastic. I mean, I think obviously Cowboys coming off a um, somewhat embarrassing loss at green Bay, they were up 28, 14, gave up 14 points late. Um, uh, I, you know, I'm not trying to rub any salt in the wounds, any uh, Dallas backers. Um, you know, we, First time we, in Cowboys history. Just yes. Let it be yeah, known. Exactly. That they were up 14 in the fourth and lost the game. Yeah. Just, so just saying. that was crazy. Dak obviously threw an, an opportune interception. Um, the Yeah, I think they'll be focused. Yeah, second game on the road in a row. We actually saw this game open Cowboys 3. And it's dropped, and and that's because a the Vikings win in Buffalo, and b the Cowboys lose in Green Bay. Um, so you see it, but they're still the favorite. They're still favored on the road in Minnesota against a two win you know a team that's two wins ahead of them. So um, you know definitely something to keep an eye out. I think this is <laughs> a potential to make fishy line of the week, and I think it is a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely a, a little interesting there. Um, but, you know, Dak is back from injury. Yes, he's been back for a couple of weeks, but, like, it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted, and, and maybe that's what Vegas is thinking. Look, he's going to get adjusted. Um, he's going to get, you know, a little bit more chemistry. This week of practice is going to be a little bit better. Minnesota coming off a very emotional win. Um, I'm sure Vegas probably thought that they might have been coming off a very emotional loss on the road. Mm. Um, but here, you know, here they are. And um, yes, it's, you know, basically the Sharps fading Minnesota. A lot of them continue to fade them. And I think 
you know, that that's what Minnesota has been striving off of. They keep scoring, right? They're, they're eighth in the league in scoring, scoring 25 points a game. Um, but the Dallas defense is fifth in the league, only giving up 18 points a game. Um, and that's kind of where I think Minnesota will struggle. Um, yes, they just played Buffalo. I thought Buffalo's defense was going to keep Minnesota uh, at bay. They obviously, you know, Minnesota was able to put up points. Justin Jefferson, dude, this guy making ridiculous one-handed catches. I mean, it's like the new norm for receivers. That was the Odell catch, man. Times like I actually yeah. think the Jefferson catch was better than the Odell well, catch. It was in like in double day. coverage, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. it was absolutely insane. And like I literally so it was my dad's birthday. We were all watching it together, my brother, my dad, and I. And my brother goes, Oh, another incomplete pass. Like, he caught it. He caught yeah. it. it was nuts. He's like, holy <laughs> Yeah, we both went crazy and we're like, holy crap that was insane but like these receivers justin jefferson odell like whatever whoever like i feel like they just keep getting better and better it's incredible these catches and i think what they do in practice is they practice this like if you went back 10 years ago nobody practiced these catches you're like a showboat if you were trying to do that right but now like you know you're expected to make the easy ones let's just practice you know these the most difficult ones these one-handed catches and and they're making them now so it's pretty awesome to watch we talk about all the time where these teams have back-to-back road games and it's subconsciously it's sort of like a built-in thing right where yes. if you win the first one you un, just sort of naturally let down mm-hmm. well a, a good you know we'll call Dallas a good team a good team like Dallas who has these road games back-to-back they lose the first one in a game they know they had. They should have won. You know they're coming in focus to this one. And I'm not saying that you you know, blindly take that team game too. I'm saying you factor that in. We talk about situational handicapping all the time. You factor that in here. And what did Minnesota just do? Came off a big, highly emotional win. You saw Kirk Cousins afterwards. You know, all yeah. that thing. And, and Minnesota back-to-back road wins. Right. So now they come home, maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit, that kind of thing. So I think that that's all factored into. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I guess something else that's kind of interesting um, going back, not to this game, but to my fishy line of the week. The Lions just want uh, some crazy exactly. game. And that factors even more into why it's, you know, maybe like, why are they only three? But I mean, I guess maybe the public is thinking. They beat the Bears just now. Who's who's doing well? I don't know. But that should be deflating one. for them. It's yeah, it's a weird game again. We're not on the fishy line game. You know, we're not on those games. We're just looking at them, and it's just yeah, you know, kind of start to factoring all these different um, variables. So, absolutely okay. Before we hit our free plays, we are going to give out the three questions for the two hundred dollars site credit Monday Night Football contest. First person to get all three questions correct that I'm about to read wins $200 in site credit to acl-sports.com, and it never expires. All you have to do to enter is DM on Twitter or Instagram to me or Wags your answers. First person to get them right and get all three questions wins the 200 bucks. Here are the questions. 49ers versus Cardinals. We talked about it. Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Niners, eight and a half. Versus the Cardinals, you're taking the 49ers minus eight and a half, or are you taking Arizona plus eight and a half over under 43 and a half over or under 43 and a half points in the game? Question number three, the total number of touchdown passes thrown, of course, by Jimmy G. All right. Those are the three questions. Get them in, get them right, get them all right. Get them first. You win 200 bucks inside credit. Good luck to everyone that enters. Free play time. Wags, 
Would you like to do the honors this week, my friend? Yeah, I, I would. Um, so back to college, back to Big 12, back to a pretty big game, I would say. TCU at Baylor. I, so. yeah. um, I am going going to go over the total of 57. You can get it at minus 115 right now. Um, I think last week we saw TCU play a very, very tight, tough defensive game. Baylor last week gets completely blown out, only scores three points against Kansas State. I think this total is slightly adjusted in our favor. Um, you know, seeing that TCU uh, and, and Texas playing in an under game, Baylor, uh, you know, getting their doors blown off, didn't look like they can do anything on offense. Um, yet, here we are, Baylor scores 35 points a game. Um, last week was definitely an outlier. TCU scores 41 points a game, um, and both defenses give up exactly 25.2 points a game. Um, if you average it out and look at it, you're, you're looking at somewhere around 61. We're at 57, um, and with the you know that because of that slight, I guess deflation, if you will, in, in our advantage, um, I'm going to go over the total here of 57. I expect you know TCU and Baylor getting back to business and, and scoring some points here. I like that play. I'm sticking in college football as well for my free play. Wags, when you say checking in on our investment, I know you'll <laughs> be at this game. You'll have your milk in hand. Milk. I wonder if there's any uh, non-milk at the stadium or I'm going to yeah. have to drink all of that outside the stadium. Either way, yeah. I will be inebriated. Of course, we're talking Miami Clemson. That is my free play. I'm taking the Miami Hurricanes plus 19 minus 110 at Clemson. The look-ahead line on this game this summer was Clemson minus 7.5. Now they're giving us 19 with the Hurricanes. Look, I get it. Miami is certainly disappointed compared to preseason expectations. Their win total was 8.5. They're not going to sniff that number. But I'd argue that Clemson is disappointed as well. So I think that this inflation from 7.5 to 19 is simply too much. Clemson is 9-1. Certainly could have had up to, I, I would say, three additional losses. That includes, of course, the no-show a few weeks ago versus a mediocre Notre Dame team. Miami's 5-5. Five and five. What does that mean? They have to win one more game to get to a bowl. You know that's something that they're talking about internally. You know that's something that Chris Ball is using as motivation for them to, you know, obviously trying to win, but at least play hard and keep this game close. The total for this one is also in the 40s, which provides some extra value getting all these points. And look, after a very, 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 Poor performance versus Florida State a couple weeks ago. I think the Miami offense, the Miami team overall, kind of got right, so to speak, last week in a 35-14 beatdown versus Georgia Tech, a game they won outright as two-and-a-half-point dogs. So Clemson, they've already, of course, secured their spot in the ACC title game um, Well, where they're going to be playing North Carolina. So that's just one more factor as well. So free play this week, Miami Hurricanes, plus 19 points, minus 110. Good luck Let's to everybody. Go. On both free plays, Wags, safe travels to Clemson. That'll be – I have not actually been to a game there, but everyone that I've ever talked to that's been has just said it's awesome. So you'll Yeah, have I, I I'm have sure. not. I'm very excited. Um, it'll mm-hmm. be my first time there in Death Valley. And, uh, yeah, I'll be looking at taking and losing some money there, taking the Miami Hurricanes plus 725 on the money line. Let's go. <laughs> hey, 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 it could happen. Hey, hey, hey it could if happen. You, if you take Miami on the money line, guess what? The plus 19 is going to win too. So <laughs> the way it works, I'm told. Um, yeah. 
we'll should, see. should, we'll should see. be fun, man. Uh, Either we way. are, we are of course off next week, scheduled off week for Thanksgiving. So uh, we want to go ahead and just wish everybody a very, very happy, safe Thanksgiving travels and everything with your friends and family. That said, just because we're off from the pod does not mean we're off from plays. So we will, of course, Thanksgiving week is uh, an amazing time. Obviously, college football, NFL, and uh, lots and lots of good college basketball as well going on. So check us out there. We will, of course, be all over Twitter and still putting out plays all of next week. We just will not talk to you guys on the pod. So Wags, happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels. Anything else before we get out of here, man? No, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Looking forward to a great, great football uh next couple of weeks and uh, hopefully everybody has a lot to be thankful for i know i do acl this year has been great it's been great doing business with you over the last few years and uh definitely thankful and hopefully we'll get some winners here uh and be thankful for some more food drinks whatever else you may do on thanksgiving enjoy it just be safe well said all right everybody for wags i'm acl good luck on all your plays we'll talk to you in two weeks happy thanksgiving